This podcast is part of the Treksphere Network. To find more Star Trek-related content, visit treksphere.com. All right, should we do this? Yes. And it's your turn. I know. I even have a thing. Sweet. So did I, actually. Well, you can say yours, too. While I'm saying mine. Okay. Not while. You should <laughs> let me say it. And then... Okay. Okay. As you know, this is the measure of an episode. Why did I say it like that? Where it is our continuing mission to explore what makes a Star Trek episode a genuine Star Trek episode and not just a Halloween episode from Happy Days. I'm Paul. And I'm upset because that was almost exactly what I was going to say. And we do this <laughs> with three criteria. Uh, Wait, who are you? What? You're upset. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I fell asleep there for a second. Uh, we do that using three objective criteria. Number one, is there sci-fi in the plot? Not just a sci-fi skin or decal, but not a sci-fi setting, but actually required in the plot um, to move the plot forward. Number two, is that sci-fi presented in a unique, novel, non-stereotypical, non-trope way? And number three, does a character face a moral or ethical dilemma? I'm upset. I'm still Paul. And this week, we watched Star Trek, the original series, season two, episode seven, Cat's Paw, which actually, you know, holds true. Yes, I very much so. Why they, yep. why they named it that. Mm-hmm. And the blurb reads as follows. This is from Prime, by the way. I, I forgot what's still on Netflix. I just go to Prime now to watch, to watch my Star Trek. I can't be bothered to jump back and forth. Well, and I did Paramount Plus, so. Okay. Aliens on a mission of conquest hold the crew captive. And I know it feels like there should be more, but there isn't. (laughs) I guess that kind of sums it up. But I do feel like, uh, just to let the cat out of the bag. (laughs) Uh, this was just a stupid Halloween episode. Yeah. This was like the fun, dumb episode that had nothing to do with anything. Yes, it it very much was a fun, dumb episode. What what I liked about it, too, was that the the actors really seemed to know their characters at this point. So the banter was like solid Star Trek, Spock, Kirk, Bones stuff. Yeah, they were like a little, little here and there's with, with Spock. And, uh, and Kirk, who knew about the <laughs> Spock, knew about the witches' trials, but not about trick or treat. So yeah, I'm so tired <laughs> of that. I'm so tired of Spock having encyclopedic knowledge of human culture and history, except when it's funny that he doesn't. But not knowing what a knee slapper is, yeah, yeah, it's so dumb. I, I mean, maybe, maybe this is just you know, cantankerous old Paul here right. with the original series, <laughs> the old coot, <laughs> the old coot. But I'm so tired. Like I, maybe I would have found it funny in 1969 or whenever, you know, whenever this came out. But I mean, it, it just gets it, so old. Right. But it, it really is a, a continuity error within this own episode where, you know, he does he does reference the, the medieval torture of various things from Earth's history. But when they talk about trick or treating, Spock has no idea what they're talking about. And they even yeah, reference that- his ignorance later. They, they, like they say something about trick or treating, and like Bones says something like, "Yeah, Spock doesn't know anything about that." <laughs> yeah, I did like the little little nudge that uh, that Kirk did to Spock when Spock said, "You know, when the the ghouls kind of showed up uh, on the surface of the planet," and Kirk's like, "Report, report," 
And then Spock says, well, it was terrible poem, sir. Right. <laughs> like a helpful. He's a helpful <laughs> comment, Spock. Yes. I kind of wish the whole show was like that. I wish there was more of that. Because it does kind of seem very just sparse, that kind of banter. Yes. I want every interaction to, to feel that way. But, uh, yeah, I, I do too. But then it becomes more Police Academy, you know. Uh, Fine. A, a bomb. Great. Or, or you know, uh, there's, there's a problem on the airplane. What is it? Well, it's a flying thing with wings, but that's not important right now. Oh, well, that's not Police Academy. That's uh, Police Squad. You want it to be Police Squad. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Naked Gun. Yeah. I mean, that specifically is airplane, but. (laughs) Well, it's all the same thing. It's all the same people. Yeah. I mean, you kind of jumped all the way down to the planet, but this this episode, for for me, like, A, I thought about you, but B, I really enjoyed, like, it jumped right into the action. Three people were missing on the planet. And... We we didn't know what was going on, and it was nice because we didn't know if their lives were in danger or not, and so the tension was genuinely there. You know, it wasn't like the ship was being attacked and we were afraid that they were going to blow up because that's never going to happen. But with the three crew members down on the planet and not having contact with them, I was I was already engaged in the episode. Yeah, I like that we jumped right in. Yeah. I love it when that happens. It was great. And so then Jackson... <laughs> But I did <laughs> – so he gets beaten back and he dies and then the, the voice starts talking through him. Um, but what, what, what I have in my notes is random crew member dies, <gasps> but we don't know why or how. Was it a salt monster? Was it a cloud monster? Was it an ex-serial killer's daughter? <laughs> Could have been any of them. We don't know. <laughs> right? All of those are valid concerns because they've happened before. <laughs> uh, I will say that – the stunt. It was like a badass stunt when Jackson oh, beams aboard. Right. And it was like it was obviously a person. It wasn't a dummy. And he just falls into the onto the ground. He doesn't stop himself with his hands. No. It's not kind of like he falls out of frame and then we cut to him falling onto the ground. It's him falling onto the ground. I mean, just everybody stand up. Who's listening to this? So stand up <laughs> and try and try and just go stiff like a board. And fall to, fall to the ground. See how difficult that is. Without, without putting your hands up, just fall onto your body. Right. <laughs> like, that's what happens with, when Jackson falls. And it's pretty amazing. They kind of subvert that with the demon coming out of his mouth, talking out of his mouth. Well, yeah. Well, and also, not, not only does he just fall, but he then tumbles over the stairs. And he keeps his body pretty stiff for how that fall was. Yeah. That was I mean, amazing. Right. We may have watched someone die on screen. <laughs> I mean, we did. <laughs> I guess that's true. That's how realistic it was back then. Right. Um, so uh, quick, yeah. quick behind-the-scenes notes just so you can understand what was going on. This was actually the actor died when doing that stunt. <laughs> no, I'm going off on a different subject now. Um, okay, this was actually one of the first episodes filmed for the second season, and it was filmed knowing it was going to be later on in the season because it actually aired around Halloween. This is one of the only, if not the only, holiday-themed episode. So, you know, for you to say like a, a very, a, a very scary Star Trek. Um, it was it was done with that intention, but uh, Walter Koenig, his hair was not long enough for the part yet, so they oh. gave him a wig. And no, that's not a wig. Can't be. <laughs> it's you're right. It's a tribble. Like it's so bad. I mean, he looked like a monkey. 
Not a monkey, but like the, from the group, the monkeys. Okay. Like, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. <laughs> right, that's what right. he looked like. <laughs> yeah, that's actually where I thought you meant. And then when you said not a monkey, I was like, oh, did you mean a simian? Yeah. <laughs> you mean a beetle? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no, he totally did. Uh, and it was it was very jarring. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was why. Because I, I guess his hair was too too short, which is weird. Like, why not just give him short hair for the little while? <laughs> And when they saw it, when he walked on to show, <laughs> right? no one was thinking, mm, do we have any plan B's on the wig? Yeah. Right? Oh, th- that's the that's the best we got? Uh. <laughs> I like the idea that maybe that they this was the best option out of five, and there were five other takes of <laughs> of just varying different degrees of terrible wig. Right. Huge wigs. Yeah. <laughs> but he plays into them like when he has long kind of very feminine hair he kind of plays check off right yeah that'd be great i couldn't believe it it's it felt like such a a naked gun joke right well especially since they don't acknowledge it at all <laughs> <laughs> like, that'd be great if kurt was like whoa <laughs> What gifted? Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. So you had some fun on summer break. Right. Uh, I know it's a little scary down there. Yeah. Would you say it's a hair-raising experience? <laughs> I am not understanding, Captain. Would you say you did some monkeying around <laughs> on summer break, or were you too busy? <laughs> How much more can we squeeze out of this one? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, you seem a little upset. Cheer up, Sleepy Jean. <laughs> <laughs> we have to hurry or else we'll be late to our train to Moscow. <laughs> I'll meet you at the station. Yeah, is that a, is that a monkey song? I actually don't know. Uh, it's Take the Last Train to... Is it Moscow? <laughs> I don't even know if it's it, Moscow. It's not. It's I, an M word. I, I think it's Coulter, <laughs> but I'm not positive. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, back. That back joke is work. dead. About as dead as Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and all the Style jokes background. landed like Jackson did. Um, the other the other thing too, like so Scotty, Sulu, Spock, Bones and Kirk are now all down on the planet. So they put this guy Desal in charge. He's like the first officer engineer or something like that who i've never seen before right well yeah apparently he was in like three or four episodes and the idea was that that would be his job he's kind of like the substitute captain for when everybody who's in the credits goes down to the planet but after this this was the last time he was seen um because they either cut the scene well because he just let everybody watch videos the entire (laughs) the entire period right right (laughs) instead of Doing actual work. We just watched a video yeah. on how they make paint. Like, he had the itinerary for the day, but he's like, no, nah, guys, let's just let, let's watch this video. Let's, let's, watch, <laughs> let's watch the memories of Pike. I'm sure that'll be a good episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt like it was too off-putting. I was expecting him to be a bad guy or something. Right. Yeah. But just leave one of the other guys. I mean, Chekhov is fine. He can do his that job. Yeah, right? <laughs> Isn't? What's his job? Is he an ensign? He drives the ship. No, that's Sulu. He's the science office. No, that's Spock. What does he do? Right. He does something. He's got to. He's got to. Yeah. I don't know. Um, okay, so now we're back on the planet. 
Um, and they they fall down that hole and they get imprisoned in the the shackles. Chained to a wall. Chained to a wall. And what I really liked about this part is, yeah, it's it's a horror episode, uh, but they were using. They were they were using sci-fi suggestions as to why the planet would look this way, you know. Like Bones said, are we in some sort of parallel universe where, like, Earth never advanced beyond medieval times? Yeah, they were kind of making fun of themselves, right? Right. They were kind of taking all the previous plot lines where stuff like this happens and saying, no, that's not it. It's just there must be witches. And so actually, Spock ends up being right that they they are somehow creating this reality based on what we what the the what, how we feel or what makes us scared yeah what we fear ultimately which <laughs> this is not uh, right. what anybody <laughs> fears the most especially this far in the future <laughs> like like uh, well it's a, like what but, so to jump back a little bit when they first see the you know the the ghouls kind of talking to them is like turn back before it's too late. It was like, okay, so they beamed down to a high school haunted house. Exactly. And that's how ridiculous it was. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I don't, like, who, <laughs> that's why I feel like this whole episode is a joke. Right. It's just a troll. <laughs> it just felt like they were making fun of me for watching the show. Right. Are are we stuck on some other studio lot? Possibly, Captain. Um, <laughs> Where are the cigarettes? If you, if you look this direction, you will see a camera. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, and very much along those lines, like they're, they're being held prisoner, uh, and the, the guy who was supposed to be in charge is now kind of being overruled by the girl. And so Kirk is like, now's my time to shine. (laughs) I know when she walks in the room the very first time, the next shot, the, the camera whip pans over to, over to Kirk, just, he stands up. He's like, all right. Time to go to work, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was funny, too. Like, she's like, I can be any woman. And she just changes her outfit in a wig. Like, she didn't really I, – I actually thought that they would have <laughs> other just quick guest stars come in, like, and be that woman, you know, change her appearance or genuinely. be Ahura or sure. Nurse what, – what's her name? Flatchet? <laughs> Ratchet? What's her name? What, nurse? Clampet? Yeah. That one. <laughs> What's her real name? I think it is Ratchet. No, that's from um, the Jack Nicholson movie. What? No, it's not. Bird flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> nest. Bird flew around the oak tree, something like that. <laughs> her name is not Nurse Ratchet, is it? That no, that's from that's from the Jack Nicholson movie. <laughs> what am I thinking of? Um, the nurse. I I know. Chapel. As I was saying, there you go. Yep, Nurse Chapel. Um and Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> now that would be actually genuinely scary. Isn't her name Diane? Because she was mean. She was a mean. Mm, Are you on. googling something in yes. the middle of the podcast? Yes, as I do. Louise Fletcher. There we go. I put in Diane Fletcher, and they have no idea who I was talking about. Louise Fletcher. Oh yeah, Nurse Ratchet. Hmm, it's a horrible name. <laughs> I think that was the point. <laughs> I hope there's nobody with that last name who listens to our podcast. I apologize. <laughs> I hope you're not a nurse, more specifically, <laughs> and that they're not in the yeah in the medical industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was one line in this episode. I'll bet you credits to Navy Beans <laughs> that completely took me out of the episode. As yeah, I don't, know, I don't even know what it means. Right, what does that mean? Yeah, credits like, to Navy Beans. Right. 
Was it credits or was it some other obscure food? I I heard credits. Like crumpets. Crumpets to navy beans? I mean, that's not what I heard, but maybe that's what he said. Because I heard credits too. And that can't be what it is. That, that makes no sense. <laughs> right. That is not a Russian dish. Uh, that's that's an actual thing. Credits to navy beans? Yeah. Is it like credits to navy, comma, beans? Like the person <laughs> he's talking to is beans? No, it's like the I'll bet you dollars to donuts. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, so... Credits to Navy Beans. That's ridiculous. It's like dollars to donuts. Oh, okay. I see how that's connected. All right. That works. Well, yeah, but donuts are delicious. <laughs> no, you keep your Navy Beans. I'm going to hold on to my credits. Who wants Navy Beans? <laughs> are they just beans like little hats on? Well, yeah. Like those are the beans that you get in the Navy. <laughs> No, no, no. The beans are in I, the Navy. I, yes, I understood. Yeah, with the little hats in the, yeah. Yeah, I made a joke. You, you did, yes. And I, yes, and I took it in a slightly different direction. I wasn't <laughs> discounting your joke. You can still keep your credits. I'm just going to cut you out of the episode. <laughs> you, you actually do make it binaural one of these times, and you put me in one of the ears, and you just fade me out over the episode. <laughs> And so people like are genuinely they're like is my earphone cutting out is there like why can i not hear the other person i'm just gonna do blah 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 for you <laughs> like where all the spaces are you say blah 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 that that little sound bite is gonna be you and then it's just gonna be me talking i mean well it would kind of be like what happened in this episode with the cat you could <laughs> replace me with anybody you know you'll make a comment and Oh, yeah. No, that's yeah. true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be R2. <laughs> that's right, R2. We're going to the Dagobah system. God damn it. I didn't say that. <laughs> I did like, though, that he, when he was talking with the cat, he didn't repeat what the cat said. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, 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 just, it did feel like it, 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 was like a real, it was like a real thing. Yeah. Talking to the cat. Yeah, which typically doesn't happen with that sort of thing. You know, like you just said. You, That's right, R2. We're going to the Dagobah system. Like, if yeah. R2 said, are we going to the Dagobah system? He would have said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he just hit the yes button. He wouldn't even say anything. <laughs> right. But yeah, the cat was very confusing because it was unclear if the cat... Oh, so she was the cat the whole time. That was the I impression I that, put that together. I got... But it also seemed weird that she left to change into the cat. Yeah, because she was changing into things in front of them the whole time. Right. Yeah. And and especially since there wasn't any special effect to change her, the just camera cut away and then went back to her and she was in a different outfit. Which I wonder yeah. if that was impressive at the time. Or did people understand that the TV shows were edited for multiple scenes? You know, like when, when it cut away and went back to her, were people like, oh my gosh, how did she change that fast? I think that they felt like, oh, this is this is movie magic. How'd they do that? Mm-hmm. I feel like because the effects weren't great at the right. time. I, I, would do, I would like to interview somebody in the moment in whenever the 60s, whenever they saw, you know, the, the model flying around. If they felt like that looked real. Right. Like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Or was it just giving you the concept and you were impressed by the idea of it. Yeah, I don't know. But right. Plus, the TVs were so small right. that it probably looked a lot better because 
people didn't sit directly in front of the televisions, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like we do now. Um, so I'm sure it was definitely adequate to sell whatever they were selling. Right. I guess. Yeah. And it was quick. And it, like a lot of the cuts in this episode, they were boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Especially reaction shots when, when it was very dramatic. It just it felt like they were editing. Maybe they were editing around some problems. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't feel like a super well-directed episode. It felt very thrown together. It really did, which which was interesting. I mean, it was it was written by Gene Kuhn, which you know is the guy who kind of helped build Star Trek with Gene Roddenberry. Um, but but yeah, I, I I missed who the director was. I was actually looking for it, and I didn't bother going back to the beginning to see who it was. But um, in so doing, I saw that it was written by Gene Kuhn. Right. Well, I thought there was trivia about Gene Kuhn. Other than he helped build Star Trek. Like, he was the one who... Right. <laughs> yeah, it, so I really liked the the gilded wizard guy mm-hmm. who was very out of place in his costume. Right. I don't know who he was channeling in terms of what terrible fear he was embodying or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I felt like he was... Both of them, both the woman and the man, were doing the requisite fabulous villain stuff for star trek the original series right and but they always are kind of just magnetic a little bit they're very charismatic uh both the woman and the man like they just you kind of wanted to just listen to them talk for a while yes mm-hmm. they always chose people that did a really good job with that right. because everybody else is so dry and mechanical and science fiction that you almost it almost balances out that dryness with just a very i don't know just you liked watching him you know, you, I, I would buy anything that he was selling at two in the morning on television. What's funny about that, too, is despite us saying that, Harry Mudd was so charismatic that they brought him back three times. Yeah, people loved him. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite understand it. I, I didn't get – I mean, I liked this guy better than Mudd. Right. I don't know. What, what do we talk about this show? I can't, there's nothing to talk about. There's like <laughs> – the, Kirk kind of uh, sexually harasses the woman a little bit. It's like, tell me about the power, Captain. And then he just grabs her and kisses her. It's like, not what I meant. You know? Like, what, what was going on? Like, I don't understand. It was just sort of an excuse for him to, again, kind of making fun of me for watching the show. Because what does Kirk do? He makes out with the hot girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then, and then she reads his mind. And she's like, you used me. And he gets, you know. And no, I can't bend that way. Well, and he gets defensive saying, you used me. And, <laughs> right. He got angry back. You know, and it just, it would have been great if he had stayed like the cool, suave Kirk. You know, and he, he's kind of like, well, what did you expect? Like, you were using us. Right. She would have been very inexperienced right. to fighting off the char- the charisma of Captain Kirk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He could have turned it on very, because she was basically a toddler in terms of being a human. Which is gross, so, but yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, none of it made, we can't really logic our ways into this or out of this episode. It was just sort of a, it was supposed to be a fun episode with fun costumes yeah. and cats. Yeah. Which, by the way, I immediately thought of when they were trying to escape the cat and the cat becomes huge. I immediately thought of what's her name from Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When she turns into a huge cat and like the shadow is all huge right, right. at the end, and then it's like, meow. yeah, <laughs> you know, like she screws up the the spell or something like that. Uh huh. And she's a tiny kitty. Do you want to explain a little bit more? Look, I don't even know her name. Was it Mzira? 
almost that backwards. As arisma, arisma. That's it backwards. I know zero backwards. I know. But so if you take off the er, that's what her name was. Rizma? No. Or take take off the er. Like just take that r off completely. As as asmara. There, there's no R. Just forget the R. Pretend it's not there. <laughs> I can't pretend. It's standing right there. I'm looking at it. <laughs> it's impossible. You pretend it's not there. I'll leave when I'm ready. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> did you figure it out and you're being obtuse or? No, I seriously <laughs> can't. <laughs> Isma. Oh. Oh, yeah. You were close oh, with the Mziri, was, though. That was nice. I know. I, I, Imzadi? Zebra? Imzadi? Yeah. <laughs> Imzadi. That would have been a nice thing for me to say. <laughs> Good callback to our actual podcast. Yeah. Um, that we're failing. We're so failing our listeners, right? While you were telling these jokes, I looked up the director of this episode, and he actually is really. Uh, kind of elite in Star Trek. He directed The City on the Edge of Forever and The Trouble with Tribbles and A Muck Time, which is one the only one of the three that we haven't watched. A Muck Time. Yeah. Oh, he also uh, directed uh, Return of the Archons. Nope, haven't seen that one. Yeah, we have. We did? Yeah. What was it about? <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the Enterprise discovers a planet where the population act like zombies and obey the will of, the, uh, of their unseen ruler, Landru. Oh, that's the Landru one? Yeah. Okay. That's the one that actually makes it into the Lower Decks episode we watched, too. Yep. And that's the recap for the measure of an episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening for 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's, I've got to say, man, considering the show we just watched, the Picard show that we just watched, and then we watched this episode, <laughs> could they be any different? Right. Star Trek is anything you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> But that's why, Paul, that is why we do this podcast. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's for the money and that. Because, so, right. Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. I was just going to get on my soapbox there for a minute. But, oh, no, you should get on your soapbox. It's just sure. the, you know, the top 10 best Star Trek episodes or, you know, the, um, the 10 classic Star Trek episodes. Like, they're all subjective. You know, you can argue it till the cows come home because it's what you like or don't like. But if we want to, if if you want to have something that you know that everyone can say is Star Trek or is not Star Trek, there has to be something quantifiable to it, and that's what we are trying to do. Um, and you know, do we do it tongue in cheek? Yeah, mostly. But it would be nice if somebody actually either took our podcast and was like, "Hey, that's not a bad idea," or genuinely took our podcast and was like, "Yeah, that's the, those are the three things that make Star Trek Star Trek. Without that, it's not really Star Trek." Like this was a fun episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The characters were great, but it's not proper Star Trek. It's not even Star Trek. Like it's not even <laughs> ten Star Trek. Like I was even pushing just because I enjoyed the episode so much. I was like, is the moral dilemma, the fact that the guy, <laughs> do I dress up the cat or do I not? You know, they're an animal. Well, they no, like like that. He, he was there to observe and restrain them, but then she was getting overpowered. So his, you know, his dilemma was, does he continue following what the orders were or from the old ones, which also is referenced in another episode, which is kind of neat. Um, or does he help them and actually help them get the, get away? You know, um, it it wasn't a dilemma for him. He 
was a bad guy until he was a good guy. <laughs> and there, like the the sci-fi was only in conversation. There wasn't any sci-fi in the episode. Like the the most everything in it was just the technology too advanced is perceived as magic. They they held a candle to this model enterprise and everybody's burning up and then they put them in a glass case and nobody was able to communicate through. Um, but then they did use, you know, they, they did use some techno babble talking about how they were able to break through just a little bit. And so DeSalle told him to keep doing that. And even the, the guy mentioned that, um, you know, he said like, they, I've, I've released them, but they would have gotten out soon anyway. It did feel a lot of that though. I agree that they kind of, almost stepped into a little bit of the science fiction, but it always just felt like they were making it up as they went along. Right. It never felt like there was any kind of structure to what they were doing, and they never discovered any kind of structure. It was just it was just a, a reality concocted by them that immediately went away when they broke their magic stick. Exactly. And I can't tell you how much of a great punctuation it was for this episode when it was just the finger puppets at the end going like, <laughs> 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 you know? Yeah. And I love the idea that like, oh, this is great. We can study them. We can take it back up the ship and perhaps create an entirely new field of science behind it. And they're like, no, never mind. (laughs) This will change the universe as we do. Well, let's go home. (laughs) Why did they just do that? Why did they just, why why did they just catch fire? I, I assumed that it was because their actual forms could not handle the, the planet's atmosphere like they couldn't it couldn't handle the real three-dimensional world's atmosphere since it seemed like they were they from were... an interdimensional being oh that's that was the impression that? i got oh i just felt like well they had to get there originally to create the construct right yeah but they had the wand so, they had the wand to protect them i guess that's true although how did those little things pick up the wand <laughs> they created those beings <laughs> <laughs> And you can see the strings, like they were just puppeting the little things. I, I was like, oh, those are creepy looking. Uh-huh. It was kind of reminded me, like barely, the episode in Next Gen where they have the monsters living inside all the people's chests. The worms. And yeah. the worms. And then like, but no, the end guy when mm-hmm. his chest is just like the, the alien is like driving the human right. inside. Yeah. Which. That's what it reminded me of. I don't think we talked about this, but he ate like three of them and then out comes this giant beast. Like, was it Voltron-esque where those little worms became that big beast or did they... Like Power Rangers. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, what going... do the Power Rangers turn into? Do they turn into giant Power Ranger? They turn into they turn the, the Power else? Zord. Um, the Megazord? Megazord. Um, was it a sword? Zord, Z-O-R-D. All of oh, their... Zord. Yeah, all of their vehicles are called Zords. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so anyway, okay. just my, my, yeah. my last little comment. <laughs> <laughs> we were both like, <laughs> man, so anyway, <laughs> it was so weird. Like they're like, Hey, token Asian guy. I know we've had you sword fight. But do you want to use karate in this episode? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I felt like Sulu should have whooped Kirk's ass, right? Oh, for sure. In in a legit fight between Sulu and Kirk, Sulu should win because he actually he's obviously trained because we've seen him with the sword and stuff. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I do like that he just kind of he pulls it out of his sheath unseen from behind his back, (laughs) like as though he's always wearing it. Right. Right. 
Um, it was ridiculous. It was, it was, this is a ridiculous episode. I can't believe it. Yeah. I can't believe it. So not proper, but man, was it fun. <laughs> I wanted more winking at me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I felt like this was supposed to be a fun out there episode. Wink at me a little bit more. Yeah. It actually, just to tie back to our last episode, it felt a little like they couldn't decide what they wanted it to be. If they wanted it to be a proper Star Trek or if they wanted it to be a a winking at the audience, oh, look, this is, you know, this is what you expect from Star Trek, so we're just going to ham it up a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I guess I enjoyed it just for the just the sheer weirdness of it. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed the end with the little puppet guys. Yes. Best. I was like, oh, this this just... This made the episode right. for me. Yeah. And uh, Chekhov's hair. <laughs> those two things combined. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think what was really nice about those aliens was that they were, like, legit aliens. You know, it wasn't just weird little makeup yeah. on. Yeah. 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 And they, I feel like they appreciated that aspect of it, the, the characters. Right. They said, this is, this is something we've never seen before. Right. And, and we'll never see again. <laughs> never see again. They just step on it. <laughs> Uh, this is new life. Not anymore. <laughs> well, it was on fire. <laughs> I had to put out the fire. Just picturing like that full-on cartoon mangle of the character as they're beating it to put out the fire. It's <laughs> 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 yeah. just this pile afterwards and like <laughs> one of the legs is twitching. Yeah. Or you go the entirely different direction and they just start whooping ass. Right, they can lift them up and they throw them around and stuff like that, a la Bugs Bunny or something. Right, go that route. Yeah, but you're right. Uh, I guess it's a yes, no for me, or no, a no, yes. There you go. Not proper, but enjoyable. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Should we see what we're watching anything next? Anything else? Yeah. Okay. All right. So our generator pulled up. Uh, oh, a Star Trek episode. Uh, this time it's Deep Space Nine. Did you laugh at that? Yeah. Finally. I've done that joke like every time it's been my turn. And either you haven't interpreted it right or you just haven't cared. But <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, I'm only drunk when it's funny. Um, so did you, did you laugh at that? I was like, yeah, what, what, what of it? <laughs> So what's the episode, Jonathan? Uh, well, I'm, I know. Hang, hang, give me a minute. I'm pulling it up. Blah, blah, blah. I love that episode, Jonathan. What did you, <laughs> that's right. It's Deep Space Nine 204. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Me either, Jonathan. Oh, so true. So true. <laughs> um, oh, okay. All right. I like the idea that sound came from you seeing a picture of whatever the, the blurb is, like the snapshot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. It's a Star Trek episode. Uh, this time we're going into Deep Space Nine, and it is season six, episode 24, Time's Orphan. And the blurb from- Wow. Is this a, is this a season closer? Uh, no. There's actually two episodes after this. Uh, but- wow. The the episode says, O'Brien is reunited with his wife and their two children. But during a celebratory picnic on a nearby planet, oh. 
You see why I hate this. Eight-year-old Molly falls into a vortex. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> hey, girl, what happened to Molly? <laughs> oh, that's where she went? <laughs> Take me to her. All right. Uh, I've been Jonathan. Oh, we don't have any more commentary on... You're not going to read the blurb? Oh, you already read the blurb. <laughs> you weren't just recounting that from memory? <laughs> What's wrong with me today? I don't know. Uh, and I've been Paul. And this has been The Measure of an Episode. But you already knew that. Nice.